Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone, and welcome inside the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen. I'm going to be your host for the next hour, and uh, this is episode 75 of the Canadians Connection Podcast, the Hal Gill edition. Uh, pleased to be joined by the Hal Gill to my Jan Denis, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today? I'm healthy, and that's a good thing. Um, yeah, I'm doing just fine, and happy to be here with you um, on this edition number 75. As you said, Hal Gill edition. Um, what a, I see Hal Gill every now and again um, as a as a, a, a trying his hand at broadcasting, and and uh, you know when this podcast was coming up, I was thinking about Hal Gill and the kind of the role that he played for the Canadians, but probably one of the more um, strange trades in Canadians history. Um, And that is, I mean, uh, Canadians were going nowhere. Nashville was on a uh, Nashville predators were on a a playoff run and, and uh, they wanted to acquire uh, Hal Gill and uh, the predators, as the story goes, offered a first round draft pick, uh, not their own, but one that they had picked up, um, um, offered a first round pick for Hal Gill. And uh, Pierre Gauthier at the time said, no, um, we'll, we'll take a second round pick, mm. which seems <laughs> odd. But yeah. the reason he said that is because he also wanted included and, and the way the deal played out, Blake Jeffreyon. Uh, mm. So it was a second round pick, Blake Jeffrey on Robert Slaney of uh, team Canada fame um, for Hal Gill. And the reason they wanted Blake Jeffrey on is, is cause then uh, the, the Canadians mega marketing system went to work promoting uh, Blake Jeffrey on and his connection to the, the past and uh, boom, boom, Jeffrey on obviously. Yeah. Um, but it was just kind of odd. And, and the, the Predators <laughs> said, okay, fine, fine. Uh, and traded that same first round pick to, uh, the Sabres for Paul Gostad, I believe. Um, wow. just, yeah, just one of those strange stories that gives yeah. you a kind of pause to, uh, this is the kind of, <laughs> can, this, this is the kind of organization it is and what their priorities are. And, and, uh, and maybe, some insight into why the Canadians are sitting without a cup since 1993. <laughs> I, you went deep into the rabbit hole on that one. I appreciate sorry, that. Sorry, that sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. I love that because that was, I mean, where, what became of that first round pick? Where did it go? Paul Gostad. And that's, a, you know, that's something you don't think about that often, but yeah, it, it certainly does sort of uh, drive the Montreal Canadiens, doesn't it, the marketing side of things. But anyways, uh, great. That was a great story. That's a great way to get this podcast started. <laughs> on uh, what's going to be a, a very uh, and, and just interesting to, just to add, just to just to add just to add yeah the canadians if they had got that first round pick you know who is available Ooh. at that point you're going to play this game <laughs> if you want 
Yeah, we got yep, time. We, we got time. Oh, for sure. Mike Matheson. Oh, that's that's a tough one. <laughs> that's it's it's Could always use a defenseman we, like Mike Matheson right about now. Wouldn't go astray. It's yeah. Whenever that conversation comes up, that oh yeah, Montreal could have had this guy. Like we always know the famous one, the Louis LeBlanc picking him over Chris Kreider. But any time that that conversation comes up, it's never a fun time, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll try our best to have a fun time uh, today on this podcast, which will be a a, a different edition than we are accustomed to. But we're going to start out as we often, as we always do just sort of briefly recapping uh, the week that was for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, they played a pair of games. Uh, they lost both of them. Going back to last Saturday night, uh, Roberto Luongo had his jersey retired. And if you remember that far back, uh, that was they had that ceremony before the game. Uh, Jake Evans, he scored the lone goal for the Canadiens in that one. And uh, Charlie Lindgren was, was solid in the loss with 28 saves. Um, but that was a 4-1 loss at the hands of the Panthers. And then they followed that up with a 4-2 loss against the Nashville Predators. Uh, Lucas Vedemo, he scored his first NHL goal, which was a, a great moment. But uh, the Canadians, they were down 4 nothing in that game, allowed four goals in the second period, all four of those goals uh, in the second period. Um, Lekkanen and Vedemo made it close, but close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, as they say. Um, but then, of course, um, Thursday night, they were supposed to play against the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, that did not happen, as did as was the case for the nine other games that were on the schedule for that night, uh, due to the uh, suspension or the pausing of the season due to the coronavirus, COVID-19. We are going to be talking about that at the end of this segment. We are going to devote time to that. But just to say, the Montreal Canadiens were supposed to play a third game. That didn't happen because of that. And... Um, it's uh, Rick, obviously, um, sort of comes secondary at this point, but I know you wanted to talk about the current look of things for both the Montreal Canadiens and Laval Rocket as it pertains to the, the standings at this juncture. Well, my God, th- those, those games seem like, um, I don't know, weeks ago. Each, each yes. day so much has changed, so much news has happened that, it, that each day has seemed like a, a week. And, and um, those games don't seem uh, very important or relevant, given all that's happening, um, not only in, in the Canadian's world, but in, in, in the world in general. Um, but at some point, and, and uh, we'll be talking about it, the, the NHL hopes to return. And um, those games and where uh, the team is at, at this stage uh, is going to mean something. And, and so I just thought I'd, I'd mention that the Canadians have moved to 40 losses on the season. Um, that happened this week. Um, and um, they are now sitting in 24th place. So that's going to affect uh, whatever kind of, of reorganized playoff structure if, if, if the playoffs happen. And it's certainly going to have an effect on uh, the NHL draft as well. Um, as far as looking organizational-wide, the Laval Rocket are out of the playoffs, 17th in the AHL. Um, so, again, uh, 
that would have some bearing on um, when the, the season restarts, if it restarts in the AHL as well. Um, and we'll see what, what kind of mechanism um, is chosen to do that. But I just, I just thought it's important to, to remind ourselves just, just where yeah. we are and, and what it's going to look like when, when uh, things get back to normal. And honestly, as I said, I mean, and as you pointed out, so much has happened since last week that, you know, the standings, they're just not, they're not at the forefront right no. now, but they are, if that it does come to pass that the, the games will resume at some point, it's going to mean something then. So yeah, really uh, good to, to mention that. Um, but you mentioned the Laval Rocket and um, we do have some news on the injury front. Um, first of all, concerning Esperi Kotkaniemi, who we found out. Uh, he suffered a spleen injury um, in a season where, in a sophomore season, where he just cannot catch a break. Uh, he had the groin injury, had the concussion. Remember the Zadorov hit uh, back in December. Um, it's just not been an easy go for Yasperi Kakinyami this season. And now with a spleen injury, uh, he's. It was announced he was going to be out for the remainder of the season. So wherever the Laval Rocket go, and as you say, they are currently on the outside looking in with respect to the Calder Cup playoffs, they are going to be doing so without the third overall pick from the 2018 NHL entry draft, Yasperi Kotkaniemi. So that is that is significant uh, for them. And specifically, I mean, that's a guy that had just scored his first goal in the AHL. He's had a, he had piled up assist after assist. He put, a, put away an empty netter for his first goal. So it just, it's been that kind of year for Yasperi Kotkaniemi, hasn't it? It has. And as you said, those injuries, one after the other, have, um, um, ha- have you know, disrupted his season. Uh, he was playing well in Laval, 12 assists, one goal for 13 uh, points in 13 games. Um, and it was that game against the Cleveland Monsters where it was clear, um, and we, we, we've talked about this on From the Press Box, about a top three pick getting sent back to the AHL and, and automatically becomes a target for uh, some players, uh, some of the opposition players. And uh, he was obviously targeted uh, three hits on one shift, the the final one kind of awkwardly into the half boards, um, bent over a bit. Um, and, um, and we were told it was a spleen injury. We've not been told, um, whether it was ruptured, whether it was bruised, whether, well, what, let's, uh, let's assume uh, if we can assume at all, yeah. um, that it's not ruptured because they, the only thing they've said is that, that it will not require surgery, but, um, the Canadians have not, you expect their, you know, their top prospect and, and supposed future number one center, uh, that they'd have more to say about this, but there was no press release uh, from the Canadians on the fact that yes, Barry Kotkaniemi is done for this season. Um, there wasn't even a, a press release from the rocket. All you got was a tweet. Um, and it just seems uh, kind of odd. And, and also I should say that, that uh, reporters have reached out to Kotkaniemi and he said, he's not allowed to talk about it. So that's kind of a little bit telling as well. Um, just very, very odd, and 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 particularly yeah. when you put it with everything else that's been said by whether it's Mark Bergevin or, or Claude Julien about Kakinami this season. 
Yeah, um, it, it's been a weird season for Jesperi Kakinami, and we wish him a, a speedy recovery and all the best going forward. That's that's all you can really do at this point. Um, another guy that has been dealing with something, it's not been made exactly clear, but it's been around for a little bit, Tomas Tatar. Um, it was announced that he is out indefinitely with an upper body injury. So, I mean, that's somebody that the Montreal Canadiens over the last two years have relied upon on that first line left wing. He's not going to be around um, for a little while. Well, no one's going to be around for a little while, but it was announced he's going to be out indefinitely. So, I mean, that's not great news for the Montreal Canadiens. Fortunately, um, they did get a little bit of good news with respect to Jonathan Drouin. He's prepared to come back, which meant that Lucas Betamo sent down to Laval. So, yeah, you lose a forward, you get one back, kind of thing. It's been, it's been that way for the Montreal Canadiens this season a little bit. Uh, not not quite as injury uh, depleted as other teams, but they've they've sort of had that go back and forth for them a little bit. And Lucas Vedemo played pretty well, although he did. Uh, relegated he did. to uh, fourth line minutes. And you know his reward for uh, getting his first NHL goal was being sent down. That that was just. Um, you know, coincidental with Duran coming back and Vedemo being up on emergency recall. But, you know, again, there's that phrase, well, it's okay, send him to the AHL, he'll get lots of minutes. Uh, fans may be, want to know that Vedemo, when he arrived back in Laval, played on the third line. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, it's good in theory that, yeah, that, that would be great if, if it were happening that you send a guy down and he plays a lot of minutes it isn't actually running like that, or at least it isn't as much as some people would like to believe. Um, but anyways, uh, it was a good moment that he got his first goal, got that, that first goal puck, uh, at least as a little piece of a token to take on his way <laughs> to the Laval Rocket. But yeah, I'm sure he'd love to be back, uh, be up in the NHL or just playing a lot in the AHL, either or, I'm sure. Um, we had some other news as well, um, and we've been talking about Cole Caulfield a lot over the course of this season. Well, the Wisconsin Badgers season came to an end. Um, his Cole Caulfield teammates, Keandre Miller and Alex Turcotte, uh, both signed their entry-level contra- uh, contracts uh, with the Rangers and Kings, respectively. Um, so now the attention sort of goes to Cole Caulfield. And we had a conversation about Mark Bergevin saying, you know, I'd like for him to stay at Wisconsin. Um, I don't. It's, it's not going to be up to him, obviously, Cole Caulfield, but I mean, with both of those guys leaving, I, I mean, uh, does that give you some sort of an idea of how Cole Caulfield would like this to progress? Uh, do you think that that would make it more likely that he would want to turn pro, um, even if the organization doesn't really want to do that? Well, it's, it's I mean, Cole Caulfield's been wanting to turn pro uh, since he was drafted. <laughs> um, I yeah. mean, he wants to he, be he did, in the yeah. NHL badly. And and there, that's that's not a bad thing. That's great. That's a great no, no. attitude. Uh, and when we spoke to him um, uh, earlier this season, um, he was, his focus was, I will be with the Canadians at the end of this season once my season in, in Wisconsin is done. Uh, that's his view. That's um, now, um, you know, we, we've talked about why he isn't ready and, and uh, could really benefit from another uh, year at Wisconsin playing college hockey. Um, his numbers were, were for a rookie. His numbers were very good. He had 36 points in 36 games, 19 goals. Um, but 25th 
in the NCAA in scoring. So, I mean, there's some work to do yet there. And, and besides that, um, yes, go back and dominate, but, but also work on being more, a more complete player. And, and, you know, we've talked about that before. Um, The funny thing is that, um, you know, there was a lot of folks that um, were saying, um, you know, look at, look at Cole Caulfield in, in Wisconsin, this was at the beginning of the season, doing it all on his own. He's doing it without Jack Hughes, and, and he's amazing. And, and uh, we kind of reminded them that, uh, hey, uh, Alex Turcott is there, and he's pretty good. Um, so and, and now it's being turned around. Well, Alex Turcott's not going to be there, so why does Cole Caulfield want to be there? Well, um, there was almost a dozen drafted players on that Wisconsin team this past year. And undoubtedly uh, they'll put together a pretty good team for, for next year. One of those players um, that played this year um, was Dylan Holloway and uh, Dylan Holloway, a a power, power center. um, I think there's a good chance, a possibility anyways, that he's going to be drafted top 10 this year. Um, So is it, would it be great to see uh, Cole Caulfield uh, play alongside Dylan Holloway, which he did a few times um, um, this season, of course. Um, so I, I, I don't, I don't know that it's, it's, uh, you know, he's going back to nothing. Um, and yeah. I'm sure Jack, Gor- Jack Gorniak, the other Canadians prospect <laughs> there doesn't want to hear that either. Um but um, yeah, I, th- there are options. Um, he could go to Sault Ste. Marie, um, play in the OHL. Um, yeah, he could play in the AHL and and uh, and the NHL. But I, I really don't think he's ready. And he has said there's men in in uh, in Laval, and and he doesn't feel that Cole feels ready for that. And and I'm not sure that I do either. Yeah, and I mean, listen, we talked about the AHL, and the AHL is is a difficult league to play in, and you see it firsthand with Yasperi Kotkaniemi, as you say, he was targeted, you know, and, and that's that's not, in a, I mean, I don't want to say that as though like those guys are malicious or anything like that, but that is it's a tough brand of hockey, so it's not going to be easy to drop Cole Caulfield into that, so it, it's probably not worth, uh, you know asking the question if he's going to be in Laval. I don't think Laval is a, is a fit at all for Cole Caulfield, uh, at least not at this juncture. Um, but anyways, we'll, we'll see how this progresses uh, going forward. Um, but there was speaking, speaking of Laval yeah. and just to, just to toss this in uh, while we're talking about prospects uh, yeah. kind of quietly, uh, Noah Jules, Noah Juleson returned yeah, to Laval on Wednesday night. Um, and he's been skating since February, but it was good to see. And he looked a little rusty, but um, just just to add, it was nice to see him back. It's yeah, obviously, man. And we talk about people that have had. Yes, well, we talk about Jesper Kakiniemi having his season derailed by injuries. I mean, Noah Juleson has not been able to catch a break at all, and you hope that some of the headaches that he was experiencing in conjunction with the concussion issues have subsided a little bit, and he can get back to playing hockey. You just genuinely hope that for uh, for Noah Juleson, of of course. Um, and, and speaking of another young player for the Montreal Canadiens, there was some conversation this week about Nick Suzuki. And it was, it was Claude Julien who had said that he thought Nick Suzuki had hit a wall. 
And that's, that's not a, a rare thing to hear a coach say about a rookie. Those, those things happen. Um, and in a vacuum, I'm not sure that that's like something that we're going to, we would dive deep into, but given the context of the things that Claude Julian has said over the last number of weeks, it feels like this needs a little bit more attention. And especially considering he started that, uh, that answer, that, that phrase with, I'd say Kotkaniemi hit the wall a lot earlier than Suzuki. So is, is it fair? Are, are we reading too much into this or did, is this another one of those times where Claude Julian is, is putting the onus on the players in, in, in this instance. Well, there's a bit of a pattern, um, isn't yeah. it? Because um, Kakanyemi was the, the the flavor of the month last season, and um, and they needed a good news story. Uh, Kakanyemi provided it. Um, uh, Julian's wrong, actually. Um, the the complaints about Kakanyemi and and hitting the wall is just a different way of saying fatigued, which uh, was said about Kakanyemi last season, and it yeah. it happened at about the same time where Kakanyemi, where that was said about Kakanyemi and, and he started to be uh, a healthy scratch. Um, and you were saying that, that that kind of occurred on the Western uh, road trip last year. Um, yeah. Um, about the same time of year. I, I, I just, I just don't find it helpful. I just don't find it necessary to, to focus uh, and add that to the burden that prospects are already carrying. And, and listen, you could, you could say the same thing about other non non young players. Um, you know, yeah. uh, did, did Deneau hit a wall this season? Um, you know, top line center, he's playing with the best uh, line mates and, and he went no goals in 18 games or thereabouts. Um, yeah. How many times has Max Domi hit the wall this season? Um, um, And and if we look back to last year, uh, did Jonathan Drouin hit a wall last February? Um, Was it it a palisade? Was it maybe a (laughs) rampart? Um, Yeah. You know, this... (laughs) These comments about the 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 young prospects, I I just don't find them helpful. Uh, no. And now we're to the point where, um, you know, Jesperi Kotkaniemi has been. Um, we we saw that emerging last year. Now he's been kind of discarded, and and lots of of negative things have been said about him, and so much to the point where Canadians fans are are really focusing on the fact that that maybe he wasn't the right draft pick and um you know it's it's really early for the organization to sour on on these players and uh and 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 by in following then fans do too yeah and i mean that's that's exactly it and you know we know mark bergevin he he questioned you know the work ethic or the uh, ability of 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 kakaniemi to take in coaching and that's just not a that's not a really productive thing to say about Jesperi kakaniemi at this point in time and i i don't think in in the case of nick suzuki i i i really just think it's best to just put that aside and say listen there there's going to be struggles that that's just that's just it there's going to be an adjustment period and you often see it with rookies. It it, it happens. It's it's something that the, the sports world is used to seeing in a rookie, that at some point there's going to be, yeah, there's going to be success, but you're going to have to be prepared for him to st- 
stumble a little bit at some points because it's grueling and it's not easy in, in your first year to get used to that. And Nick Suzuki's done a phenomenal job all year. Um, so why I think uh, why he would come up in that way, I, I really don't know. Uh, but regardless, I mean, we'll uh, we'll move on and uh, and uh, hopefully uh, Nick Suzuki uh, will play more hockey this year um, and finish off a really good rookie season. But Rick, there is the uh, the elephant in the room that we we addressed earlier in the show. That is, I sent the you a video of, of elephants this year. You did. Uh, you actually, uh, that's a good tie-in. That's a really good tie-in. You <laughs> did send me that video of the guy like getting, uh, yeah, like flying over. It's 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 a really good video. Anyways, uh, <laughs> the only sport that seems to be uh, going on these that's days. On. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lots of sports accounts on social media are just throwing anything at the wall, and that's fair given what's going on, uh, Rick, with the COVID nineteen coronavirus there's just been such an impact and we go back to last week and we're talking about it because it came up at the GM meetings and Gary Bettman in his, in his press conference, he was talking about what they were doing at the league office and that they had implemented this new uh, policy when it comes to traveling. And he, he had said at that time that the clubs were open to, you know, um, to do as much or as little of that policy as they wish and here we are a week later, and there is no hockey, there's no basketball, there's no basically every sporting event. Baseball's pushed their opening day back two weeks. There's no NCAA March Madness tournament. There is nothing. And to think that this all goes back a week, Gary Bettman, I mean, it very quickly escalated to the point where, and, and I had said last week that the NBA was entertaining the idea of playing games with no fans. And the NCAA March Madness Tournament, they said that they would do that. That they, The day before everything happened, they said they were going to be playing in, an empty, in empty arenas. And then there's a player on the Utah Jazz, Rudy Gobert, gets tested for the coronavirus. He tests positive. Um, and after that, NBA suspends their season. The next day, another player on the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, tests positive. And then everything cancels or suspends or pauses whatever word you'd like to say postpone there's 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 an applicable one for every word there's been events that have been outright canceled like the ncaa basketball tournament there are events that have been postponed and it's it's very much i mean wednesday into thursday was one of the strangest period of what 20 well it's 24 hours strangest period between a day that i've ever experienced in my life uh rick i mean what did you make of of all of this well we we did talk about it last week and it, it was it was um one of our regular listeners um melissa had sent a message and said would you please talk about how this um is going to impact hockey and and uh should you listen to the podcast with her family and and uh was just thinking about it and and so we 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 talked about it. We talked about it on from the press box on Tuesday, and um, it, it, you know, Gary Bettman at that time was saying that uh, you know what we're just going to sit back and and wait and see how this evolves. Uh, let's not get too far ahead. Let's not overreact. Um, and and that was that was a mistake. Um, and because with with a health threat. 
that has exponential spread, you need to be proactive, not reactive. And, um, and even when, when it got to, it was funny because before the podcast on Tuesday from the press box with Amy Johnson, we were talking about, um, you know, if the, the worst case scenario is if a player, uh, an NHL player we were talking about, um, is tested because that would be the wrong way to, to, to react to this. You've got to be proactive before that happens. Um, and it seemed like all the way along the, the, the NHL was being pulled along rather than be, being a leader. Yeah. Uh, and there was the Santa Clara County uh, who had come down with, um, you know, canceling games. And that would have affected the Canadians game against San Jose, uh, played without fans. And there was Columbus that said, um, you know, we'll play without fans. And the governor said, no, you're not going to play at all. And, and um, it, it just, the NHL seemed to be a little bit, uh, e- even when the NBA suspended, uh, it took them time yeah. for the NHL to, to, and they seemed to be caught with their pants down a bit. And, and even to this take a pause is kind of silly language. Um, I would have liked the, the NHL to be more proactive on this. The Canadians, um, you know, uh, they announced, it, it seems silly now, but I think it was Monday that they announced their coronavirus policy. And the league had announced that they were changing the way uh, um, the media interacted with players. And then the Canadians um, put out their coronavirus policy, which amounted to posting signage in the um, center reminding fans to wash their hands. Um, And and there was some training and and extra uh, uh, attention to to cleaning. Um, But the way this has moved so quickly, um, I I, I think that people weren't taking it seriously. And I hope, I hope that people are indeed now taking it all very seriously. Yeah. And just so the timeline on that was so, Wednesday night and like I was just sat up in bed just refreshing Twitter all night because there was there was some really it it felt like it wasn't real but the NBA suspends that night after the testing of Rudy Gobert the next day the NHL announces that they are going to wait until the next day and then what happens the next day is they have a board of governors conference call and after that they announce that they will be taking a pause on the season and quickly after that the AHL, CHL followed suit. So I think, yeah, it, it is fair to say that the NHL was more or less reacting to what was happening as, as it went along rather than, you know, being a little bit more proactive in the case of, you know, um, and I mean, I don't think Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA had much choice. I think that he had to do that at that point with player test positive. Absolutely. That, that's it. Like that's, that's it. That is, as you said, when, when a player tests positive, if it came to be that a player would have tested positive in the NHL, that is, that is worst case that is worst case scenario. So you have to get out in front of it as, as much as you can. But, I mean, it was, it, it, there was still probably more that could have been done in the lead-up to this because we saw what was happening around the world. And, you know, it just feels, it feels like we are playing catch-up as a society to what is already transpired. But so what where are we mean? going with this? Yeah. yeah. What does this mean? So <laughs> there's the teams and the players that you have to think about, obviously. There's the fact that they're, they're, they do want to still award the Stanley Cup, and there's going to need to be some talk about resumption at some point, if and when that becomes an option. Um, so, Rick, 
where where do we go from here? Like this is this is uncharted territory. Yeah, there's there's so many um, kind of byproducts of this, and we we saw even um, last last Saturday we were talking about um, our uh, respects, paying our respects to Henri Richard and, yeah. and uh, in his passing, um, and. Uh, it, now the, the, the Richard family has announced that it, it will have to be a private family funeral because of of uh, the situation. They can't have media there. They can't have fans. And, it you know, fans didn't get the opportunity for a nice send-off for him. Um, but, it, again, unfortunately, sadly, um, regretfully, that seems like just a, a, a minor byproduct of this. Um, as far as what is happening now, the uh, after the season was suspended, the NHL and the NHLPA sat down and hammered out a bit of an agreement and um, sent a memo around to um, all teams and players um, and asked that for now that the players are, are to, to self-isolate in their homes um, at least for a week, uh, although the, the timing wasn't really clear on that. Um, players are asked to stay in the, the city of their team, um, but uh, there's, I think there's, there's exceptions in that respect because players want to be with their families, and, and because of the trade deadline, um, you know, there are players who are not uh, in the same city as their families. So I think there's going to be some leeway there. Um, as I understand for now, practice facilities and rinks and gyms are not available to players. Um, those may open in a week or so. Um, if players, um, are, if they feel any of the symptoms and, and those being, uh, a fever, uh, dry cough and uh, shortness of breath, they are to report to their club doctor. Um, players are not to gather together to, to, do uh, shinny games or, or, or work out together. Um, injured players uh, may continue using the, the club's facilities for treatment or to skate or whatever. Um, and players have been told that they will be paid. They were paid um, yesterday. Um, there was three payments due one yesterday, one on the 30th of March and one on the 15th of April. Um interesting thing that might end up there um if if the teams don't get their revenues from the remaining regular season games and the huge revenue that they normally get from uh playoffs uh we know that the revenue split is 50-50 between teams and players so it could be the case where the players have been paid too much money uh they be, yeah. may be over that 50% split and they they may owe they may owe money uh, by the end of it. Um, but all of this is, is just, um, you know, all of this is, uh, is going to be reassessed. And, and uh, uh, they talked about uh, maybe having a mini training camp in, in the future. Um, and I, I think there's, there's, there's kind of two things guiding this. Um, the Gary Batman very clearly wants to award the Stanley cup. Uh, yeah. somehow, some way, some form. Um, you know, it was 101 years ago when involving the Montreal Canadiens and the Seattle Metropolitans that the Stanley Cup was not awarded. The, mm-hmm. the 19, 
1919 season because of the Spanish flu. Yeah. And it's a fascinating story. You should look it up. <laughs> um, not just about players collapsing on the ice and being taken to Jeez. hospital. And it was awful. It was, um, yeah. yeah. Um, but Gary Batman clearly wants to uh, award the Stanley Cup. Um, and I think there's a clear directive that they want next season to be a full season. So they don't want to do anything that's going to uh, um, reduce the length of next season. So whether yeah. we're going to see, I know the, that uh, the league has, has uh, talked to teams about providing availability for buildings in July, whether we'll see um, games then, uh, who knows. But, but those, I think, are the guiding principles going ahead. And I guess generally, like, how how should we be reacting? How how serious is this? Because I, when the NBA said that they would be suspending, and then you know afterwards, every other sports league basically announcing that they would be postponing major events that were set to take place. People were saying, "Well, I don't know. Maybe this is an overreaction." And I don't know if if you know. And listen, I'm I don't have any other hobbies. <laughs> if you have suggestions <laughs> for hobbies that I could take part in during this time, I would I would gladly appreciate them. However, there were people that thought that this was an overreaction. What would you say about that? Yeah. Um... It, it kind of hits home a bit because um, does, yeah. 17 years ago, um, I was um, with a college in, in Montreal, um, and uh, the SARS epidemic broke out. Um, our principal was having major surgery, um, so I was the acting, and we had a group of visiting students in China um, at the time. Uh, Guangdong province, where it where the the, the SARS um, uh, outbreak happened, um, and SARS was pretty serious, um, and I had to make the decision at the time to return the group. Um, parents weren't happy with me at the time, and certainly the the faculty who was uh, with um, our our students uh, weren't happy. Uh, but it was the right decision, and consulting with the um, the excellent infectious disease experts, both in Montreal and Toronto, they, they were very helpful. Um, and it was the right decision. It saved lives. Um, but these things are serious and, and, and this is not the flu. Um, with the flu we have, we have, uh, immunity. Um, we have, uh, vaccines, um, the coronavirus, uh, there's no herd immunity. There's no, um, there, there, there's no vaccine. So, um, this is going to spread and it spreads very efficiently. Uh, it spreads by droplets. It spreads by aerosolization. Um, it, it spreads quickly. Um, and you know, we've kind of missed the chance to, um, particularly in Canada where, where we're still allowing flights from China and from, from, uh, Europe, We've we've missed the opportunity to contain this, so it's up to us. Um, the the fuel for this virus is people. Um, yeah, that's it. That's its fuel, and we have to remove that fuel from it. And that means social distancing. That means staying home. 
stay home as much as you can avoid gatherings of any size. Um, and, um, you know, the cleanliness, uh, recommendations, uh, of course, wash your hands, uh, uh, but, but this is carried in other ways. So, you know, it's going to be on your phone. It's going to be on your shoes. It's going to be, um, the best way to, to stay home. And even for those on the younger side of things, uh, who don't seem to be as affected, they are very efficient carriers and this virus uh, can be spread, you can be infectious, you can have the virus, and be asymptomatic, yeah. not showing symptoms. So, um, you know, just because you're feeling fine, stay home. Stay home as much yeah. as possible. And it's interesting, I mentioned Melissa, as, as she was one of the ones that that um, that uh, asked us to talk about this a week ago, and she sent me a text this morning. Um, uh, she's in Chicago, and this is uh, she passed on a message from a uh, federation of teachers in her area. And we know that, that schools, schools, colleges, universities are mostly closed. And, and this from the federation of teachers says closing schools does not mean it's okay to take your kids to the movies, mall, trampoline, uh, McDonald's play place, or any other place of entertainment. It means keeping them at the, at home. So the virus does not spread. Yeah. Otherwise there's no point in closing the schools. So, uh, this is serious. This is this is going to change our lives. Um, yep. We're going to have to act differently. We're going to have to behave differently. But it's all out of being able to protect the ones that that we love and uh, and and let's do it. Let's let's yep. let's pull together and 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 do this. And I mean, yeah, you talk about young people, and, and you know, you can be asymptomatic without and and, and have the the virus without knowing it prime example of that Donovan Mitchell was prepared to play an NBA game. He didn't know he had it yet, but he felt fine. He was going to play an NBA game and he had the virus. So you could, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's just that, that it is that sort of a, a dangerous thing that you can be carrying it without knowing that you have it and you can carry on as, as normal um, for a period of time and, um, and, and infect other people that might be a little bit more at risk than yourself. And it's, it's just, it is a frightening frightening prospect but rick i i think having discussed all of those things i think um we'll, we'll take a quick break and when we come back we'll, we'll try to we'll try to lighten lighten the mood a little bit you know because this is obviously a time yeah. where people are, are are concerned so we're going to hit the rewind button a little bit and we're going to have uh, one of our, our friends mike that was at the drafts in 2019 he's going to come on here we're going to talk to him about his experience and and much much more so stay with us here on the canadians connection podcast on rocket sports radio Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. 
In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. Welcome back that kind of, uh, to the Canadian Connection <laughs> Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. And uh, we are pleased to be joined uh, by Mike, our friend Mike, who is in the draft in Vancouver with us, one of our contest winners there with the Rocket Sports Media Group. So, Mike, how are you doing on this day? As good as I can be, guys. How are you? Yeah. Uh, we're doing well. We're doing well. And we appreciate you being on the show. Um, so, I guess we'll, we'll we'll hit the rewind button a little bit. Um, I know that before we get into any of the other things that we want to talk about, I just want to get your get your perspective on what the draft was like last year. Because, I mean, for me, I was there for the first time in 2018, and it is such a really unique experience where you're just surrounded by hockey fans of all different teams. You see the players, you see the executives, you see all sorts of people walking around. What did you take away from that? Just what you said there is perfect. I mean, it's such a unique experience. I really had no idea what it was going to be like heading into it. It was an event that I've always been interested in checking out, but wasn't one of those things that uh, that is going to be near the top of the list. It was definitely a live, like a live actual game. Would it would have been a, an awful lot higher <laughs> seat? You know, if you win my day, but like going to the Bell Center for the first time, for example, would have been a lot higher than that. But regardless, I was very happy to, to be one of the contest winners and uh, it was a great event put on by you guys and I was fortunate enough to be able to bring a good buddy of mine uh, Shane and we were able to yeah. have a nice uh, have a nice weekend extended weekend in Vancouver which is a city I'd never seen before either so it's a lot of things that was knocking off uh, my bucket list and yeah it's, it's funny for an event where there's not an actual game going on it's just a bunch of people sitting around and really watching others shake hands like when you explain it to somebody that isn't familiar <laughs> with the sport it's very very hard to do like my wife is a hockey fan too but like she yeah. didn't know what the what goes on around the draft which you players were picked so her first question was why are you going to this <laughs> so it's kind, of, it kind of ironic explaining it to someone in that sense right yeah, once you got yeah. there, like you said, there's you know all sorts of executives walking around. You're with people that genuinely love the game as much as you do. You're having great conversations throughout the whole weekend, and it was very exciting to see the um, how players were falling and uh, falling in the, the rankings that I kind of had in my head, and comparing that to a few other rankings. And obviously, with the Habs involved right in the middle there, it was, it was so interesting to see um, to see who they would end up picking and. 
I'm still pretty overjoyed with Caulfield. <laughs> but yeah, it's just a good experience. I really enjoyed it. And thank you guys for it again. Yeah, well, you're welcome, it and, and it was great to have you, and it was great to have uh, your buddy Shane, even though he is a, an Avs fan. Uh, we had we had fans from uh, all different teams, and and this is something we've been doing for uh, a very long time with uh, Rocket Sports, and and hopefully um, uh, we'll we'll see what happens, uh, what kind of a re- revised draft we have in Montreal. Hopefully, we can do it again for fans uh, this summer. Um, but it was, um, we got in touch again, um, last week, um, we had, and we were, we were, um, uh, talking about on the passing of honor Richard and we had a really nice, um, email from, um, one of our regular listeners, Dino and, and, um, he talked about his memories of honor Richard and, and went back to 1971 and the Canadians and the, the Chicago Blackhawks in the, in the final and, uh, being invited as a young boy, being invited over to um, his uh, next door neighbor's house to watch the game, and um, he had a tradition of standing for anthems, and uh, he was a little self-conscious, didn't know how his neighbors would feel about that. So he went in the bathroom and stood for uh, the national anthem, and that struck a chord with with you and and I had a really nice uh message from you uh about that and I wonder if you can just kind of uh go through why it why that touched you the way it did yeah of course it brought back a really nice memory actually um so my brother and I when we used to watch um mostly hockey night in Canada I guess but really any game that was on tv obviously they all started with the anthem so we we turn it on at seven o'clock and start watching the end and as soon as it came on we just automatically started standing up like we did at school like we all learned to do at school right or even at any live game go to yeah my parents always thought this was so funny and always uh you know had a bit of a chuckle we have a pretty decent sized open like living room and um dining room kind of combined so they were usually sitting at the kitchen table and always had a bit of a laugh about it and (laughs) have to say they're not patriotic by any means it's just a different culture so to give you a bit of a backstory we were born in switzerland and we moved okay. here in uh, 1999. So I was 10 years old and my brother was 8 years old. So for us, standing for the anthem was something completely new, right? And we just, we saw them standing on TV, so we felt, you know, out of respect, we should probably stand too. And then that slowly turned into, you know, a bit of a superstition for us. And it was kind of <laughs> ironic when you think how many times the Leafs played the Habs. And I'm a Habs fan, he's a Leafs fan, yet we both have the same superstition to stand. It was a little counterproductive. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it kind of reminded me of that story and yeah for my parents it was something completely new just standing for the anthem to begin with in Switzerland even though they are fairly patriotic too it's just in a different way like they I don't even think they would recognize if somebody played the Swiss anthem it's just one of those things that is kind of lost over time and something that's not valued as much as it is uh, not only here but in North America in general I guess yeah. So, so maybe Mike, maybe yeah. talk about being a, a Canadians fan because you said you, you immigrated uh, from Switzerland and 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 this was a new um, tradition, a hockey the hockey night in Canada tradition and Saturday nights. And you and your brother, how did you kind of end up diverging? One uh, Habs fan, one uh, um, a Leafs fan. I think we just wanted a rivalry. <laughs> 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 no, it's uh, my brother immediately 
with uh, we lived in just outside of London, Ontario at the time. We've since moved a little bit further north, about two hours to small town uh, Hanover, Ontario, is where we are now. But mm-hmm. either way, both both communities, you know, Greater Toronto area and Leafs country, quote unquote. So an awful lot of coverage, obviously, around the Leafs even back then. So my brother kind of went to, towards that right away, and his favorite color was always blue as well. So that may have had something to do with it, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I think I wanted the rivalry, but I, I think the way I came to being a Habs fan was it was the first team that beat the Leafs at the time. So I think I was just happy to see, not that they were successful back then, but either way, I think I was just happy to see uh, to see somebody uh, beat, not only beat the Leafs, but have, have my brother a little upset about that game. So uh, I kind of started uh, becoming a fan that way. And then through a little bit of research, realized they'd also won the most cups. So that, that kind of helped too. <laughs> well, I'll ask you to expand on that a little bit because I understand that you listen to this podcast while doing some burn burn chorn every week. Uh, so you know our you you've heard our insights, you've heard our memories and 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 takes and wh- why we became you know fans of the Montreal Canadiens, why we cover the Montreal Canadiens. Um, if you could, do you have any other memories about the time that you sort of became a Habs fan? Is there any specific thing? that you remember, okay, I'm, I'm going to be a Habs fan. I understand there was the, the rivalry between you and your brother, but is there any specific moment that stands out in your head? Yeah, for sure. Uh, still that first year we were in Canada, actually. like We were just being introduced to the sport, so it was one of those things that we just had on TV every night. And As we were watching, like I said, I you know, immediately started cheering for the for uh, the team that was playing against Toronto and happened to be Montreal that beat them. <laughs> but uh, I also wrote a letter to the team, actually. This was in, I believe, the playoffs had already started, if I remember correctly. My mom just explained a story to me a couple of weeks ago, actually. I think the playoffs <laughs> had already started. That didn't qualify. But I uh, I wrote them a letter just saying how big of a fan I am and how new I am to the game and how wonderful it would be if I could get tickets to go to a game. So it's kind of funny. They, they didn't go nice. to the playoffs. Meanwhile, here's this kid asking for tickets to, to go to a playoff game. <laughs> but they were really nice about it. They, they wrote back and you know, gave, gave me some swag, some stickers, and I think a little plush toy as well. And it was a handwritten note that came back. I wish I, wish I still had it, actually. I'm sure, maybe somewhere in the basement. But yeah, it was a handwritten note that came back. And it, it said, you know, this year it doesn't look like we're going to qualify for the playoffs. It's kind of funny. They were honest with a ten-year-old, but they're not honest with us now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fabulous. <laughs> so yeah, Mom, just I a guess story yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So that was pretty ironic. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I guess we'll, we'll we'll talk about a little bit. I mean, there's there was going to be the draft in Montreal, and that would have been a very exciting. Uh, time, of course, obviously the NHL draft being held in Vancouver last year, you could feel the excitement around that, but um, I mean, what do you think about the uh, the draft being in Montreal? It might not go the way that we don't know at this juncture what things are going to look like, but I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, like well, what, what, as far as ending the season and, and then the draft and how would, yeah. how would you there, – there's all kinds of, of suggestions out there. How do you think it, it, you'd like to see it play out? Um, selfishly, I, I want the exact experience I had in Vancouver, obviously. I mean, just, just to for myself being in the Bell Center for the first time would be surreal, but to also experience them, you know, 
probably pick him in the top ten, but maybe even higher, possibly even top three. Who knows? That would be fantastic. But I think from being a little more realistic and being a little more health conscious too, if if this virus doesn't doesn't improve and if um, the infection rates keep getting higher in North America, which I can't see it honestly getting better anytime soon, um, it probably would be best if they just did an online version, unfortunately. Just to, just to keep you know safety in mind for everybody, but you know it's still still a little bit away. I mean things can change pretty quickly here over the next only a couple of weeks, but a couple of months as well. So who knows? Maybe it's just a, a delayed version of it. Maybe they could do it in you know July or even August, I guess. But no, I mean I really hope it's something that they that they can still do selfishly, and I hope I have the opportunity to go again. So somehow during the season here. Um... We we roped you into the All Habs uh, Fantasy Hockey League, and uh, there was a delinquent uh, owner, and you came in and uh, took a team that was that was at the the bottom and um, uh, have done pretty well. Now I said to um, earlier this week, I said to um, both uh, Amy Johnson and and Joe, I, I sent them a message and said. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things happening. Um, and given the announcement about the coronavirus, um, I, I think I should have discussions with, uh, Brian, our, our all Habs fantasy hockey commissioner. It, it, to me, it only seems prudent that when, when our fantasy hockey season resumes, uh, the records for all fantasy teams should be reset to zero. And that has nothing to do, of course, with where I sit in the standings, but uh, how, <laughs> how do you feel about that? Well, Shane did just sneak by and bump you out of the playoff spot, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well, that definitely sounds fair. I mean, um, how's how's your experience been in, with fan, with uh, the 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 All Habs fantasy hockey? I can tell you one thing: I'm not usually that good. Not quite sure how I turned that team around so quickly. It's like pretty yeah. pretty fortunate the situation I took over, I guess, but. It was nice taking over the team at the end of a week. I took it over on a Saturday night, I think. And I had all six moves for the week still. So I was able to make all six there. Drop some players that, in my opinion, probably shouldn't have been on the team. And then I was able to do another six moves the following Monday. So I was pretty much able to flip half the roster fairly quickly. <laughs> so that, that definitely helped. But uh, well, a competitive league, you know, fun league. I've been, I've been in a bunch where there's not really a ton of um, – you know, there's four or five guys that guys or girls, I guess, that um, play week in, week out, and then usually the bottom half, you know, doesn't participate at all. This one really seems like most gems are active, and there's some nice conversations and and some trade talk, which is always enjoyable, and that's it's been fun. And we even yeah, uh, we even completed the trade. <laughs> we did, yeah. That's probably the only thing that didn't work out for me, actually. <laughs> you can have Clay Burke back. I think he's still hurt. <laughs> It's it is it is so it's so much fun to be a part of that and, and to take part and obviously I speak as the defending champion who would uh, oh boy, here we go continue to defend his title into this season uh, we'll we'll see did how you everything won uh, last year I did I did I won last year oh. it's been an ongoing feud between oh. myself and Amy Johnson mostly uh, Rick Rick partakes every now and then but it's been between mostly me and Amy Johnson but we we've seemed to bury the hatchet it's never a little come bit. Up on the phone before. <laughs> it, I mean, I, I try to not. I try to. I try not to boast. Okay, I try to be as humble as I can be, 
And you can yeah. understand that that is not an easy thing for me to do. Um, <laughs> but uh, but we uh, we appreciate you being on with us here today, Mike. And uh, it's, it's great to get your perspective on the NHL draft last year in Vancouver, uh, your take on what's happening right now, and, of course, uh, your, your take on fantasy hockey, in which I will commend you. You have done a fantastic job in uh, turning that around because that was a uh, – that was a sinking ship, and you got on there, and you uh, you made uh, the most of it. You made the best of your opportunity, and uh, you did a, a, a wonderful job. And if, if this is where the season, you know, for fantasy hockey, I mean, we don't know much at this juncture, but if this is where it ends, you, you had a phenomenal season. <laughs> Thank you. appreciate it. For about well, a uh, I was just sitting start active for the week, let's be honest. But, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, Mike. Thank you very much. We appreciate you uh, joining us here today. So uh, you take it easy, and of course, uh, be be safe out there. It's uh, it's changing, changing by the minute. So we uh, we we appreciate you joining us, though. Well, Rick. With that said, with with all that said, try to lighten the mood a little bit here on the podcast. We'll take a quick break and uh, come back and wrap this thing up. Stay with us on the Canadians Connection podcast. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow me on Twitter at JoeWhalen19. You can follow Rick at AllHabs. And you can follow at HabsConnection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, so, Rick, um, I guess what we'll do here, um, since we don't have any games to, uh, to tee up or any other p- items of news, and we won't for the foreseeable future, just 
I feel like it's probably appropriate to say that we are going to continue to do this podcast on Saturdays, same time that we've been doing it all along. Um, we are going to keep talk. We're going to keep talking about big picture items that we've been wanting to talk about for a while. And uh, I mean, in this time, I think it's good to have something uh, resembling normalcy and that is what this podcast is. So to assure the, the, our loyal listeners, there will be podcasts. We will be talking about Montreal Canadian hockey and, and we'll be talking about things that, you know, maybe in the, in the grand scheme of the season, weren't going to come up on a week to week basis, but we may have want be, we, we may have wanted to talk about for a while. Uh, that's exactly right. I, I, uh, th- there are things that, uh, as you said, big picture items that, uh, we want to get to there. Uh, there is a, a season review. Um, you know, we started this season um, by talking about the, the dozen most pressing issues about the Montreal Canadiens. And, and we want to go through that checklist and, and see just exactly how things ended up. Um, and there's, there's all kinds of, I, I mean, we want to talk about the draft. We want to talk about, uh, what might happen in free agency. All of those things will happen. They may happen differently, um, but they will happen. And um, I, I, there's, there's, there's never a shortage of, of things uh, for us to talk about. So this podcast, the From the Press Box podcast, will continue. Um, Chris G. is still um, uh, putting out his articles uh, about the, the Canadian's notepad and the uh, the rocket notepad. Um, I think that uh, Kate Racher will have some uh, history pieces coming out on allhabs.net. So um, there's there's going to be uh, content here for you, as I know that you're looking to um, fill your time. And listen, if 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 you have things that uh, if you have questions, if you have big topic ideas you want us to cover, uh, you can reach out to us on on Twitter, on Facebook. Um, or you know that we mention it often enough. You know the um, the Rocket Sports text line five eight five three Rocket five eight five three Rocket. You can reach out to us anytime to um, uh, to uh, offer your suggestions. Um, and you know, just during this time, we're going to need things to uh, uh, keep us um, occupied. We're going to need things uh, to keep our spirits up. Um, and 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 try to be normal. Um, yeah, I just ask you to, you know, to 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 be champions of hygiene, to be champions of social distancing, to take this really seriously. Um, this this unfortunately, uh, so far, this virus is moving uh, quicker than than people's concern about it, and I think that's starting to catch up, uh, which is good. Yeah. But we have to we have to uh, um, prepare and, and also prepare for our emotions. We're, um, we're going to, each one of us is going to experience uh, some sort of direct loss, whether it's um, uh, loved ones being affected, whether it's people we know, whether it's uh, job loss, whether it's opportunity loss, uh, those things are going to happen. And so we need to support each other. We need to talk to each other. We need to stay in touch. Uh, we need to, um, uh, listen to what uh, the the news is out there and uh, and take appropriate action and and um, we're going to be here to talk about uh, the hockey news and and of course how the 
the virus is, is affecting things. Um, but uh, to give you that regular contact uh, that uh, just as we've done through the, through the season. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not going to try to tell that was very well said. I'm not going to try to top that, but <laughs> what I will say is as well, is that if you are looking for content, as Brick said, there's going to be some at allhabs.net. There's going to be content on the AHL report. Um, and you also can go to our back episodes and listen back and, and, and sort of digest this entire season from a week to week on a week to week basis, because it was, it was like, it was up and down in so many ways for the Montreal Canadians. And if you are, you know, you can find this podcast along with from the press box on uh, all your favorite podcasting platforms, overcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google play, just search for rocket sports radio and you hit the subscribe button. And, uh, and we are very happy here to have two podcasts that are produced and hosted by credential journalists. But those are podcasts that, that will paint the, the big picture for the Montreal Canadiens and, and the Laval Rockets. So if you are looking to something for something to do to occupy, uh, occupy your free time, your newfound free time, then there is certainly that as well as the wonderful content that's going to be coming out on allhabs.net. So uh, Rick, uh, with all that said, um, it's been a, it's been a different show today. It's been different. We, we don't, we obviously we wouldn't want to be talking about this. We want to talk about hockey um, as much as we can, and we did for as long as we could. But there is something right now that is bigger than that, that is bigger than sports, and uh, it is it is necessary for us to to talk about it and to to spread awareness as much as we can. And you said it: champions of hygiene, champions of social distancing. That is the best course of action going forward. Um, so uh, we'll be we'll be back with you though next week uh, to just discuss how everything because there's no doubt uh, you know so much has happened since Wednesday. By the time we come back next week, who knows what we're going to be discussing? So, uh, Rick, I, I want to thank you on this day more than uh, more than others for uh, for being along with me to, to talk about a very difficult thing to talk about. It's always great to be with you and and uh, was really happy that we could bring one of our. Uh, loyal regular listeners in in Mike in and it was uh it was good to get his uh, uh perspective as well. Yeah. Well, as I said, we're going to be back with you next week, 1 p.m. Eastern, that is 2:30 Newfoundland time, talk about all things Montreal Canadiens. Um thank you for tuning in to the Canadiens Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at @habsconnection and visit allhabs.net.